morning. We're continuing our series this morning on, on the joy of giving. And uh, this, this week, our theme is Eyes on Eternity. Uh, thank you, John, uh, for helping us center our hearts uh, this morning. Nothing, however, will help us center our hearts and minds any more than keeping our eyes on eternity, on the big picture, on the big prize. Sherwin's uh, playing a little bit of a stanza of going up yonder, if you recognize that. And we're going to end the service with going up yonder. And the idea is we're pretty fired up about it. We have confidence in it. And it informs every decision that we make and even every thought that we choose to capture you know, for Christ. Let's listen to the scripture. If then you have been raised with Christ, Colossians 3.1, and of course he's referencing Colossians 3.2.12 uh, where it says, you were buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Looking out in the audience, I see some of you that have been baptized just in recent weeks and in recent months. If then you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on, do you know the next phrase? The things that are above, not on things on earth. Have your minds focused, he says, set your mind on things above, not on things of earth. Set your minds on where Christ is seated at the right hand of God because Christ is your life. Your life, your old life has died, and now it, you live it through, through Christ. That is the focus of any Christian, any true disciple, and we want to try to be as centered as we can yet today. It's an important time. We actually planned this series and this actual lesson months and months ago as we were thinking and, and thinking toward the fall, and we thought we need to focus on God's kingdom, not on earthly kingdoms. And then we need to focus on Jesus and his power and the miracles. And then it was like, okay, let's have a month where we can really talk about the joy of giving. Why? Because on Black Friday and Cyber Monday coming up, all the statistics say, Americans are going to spend 145, 145.5 billion dollars in Black Friday. And so, you know, we are all about, you know, and most of that is giving to, you know, ourselves. But we need to talk about the joy of giving. And, and, and nothing gives you that perspective than being able to think about the uh, eternity, the big picture, you know, of things. And so uh, this morning, I hope that you'll be able to do that. And uh, thank you for giving us, Sherwin, that little introduction. We're looking forward to singing that song at the end of our, at the end of our service. Well, uh, we, we never realized when we planned this series out that this, it would be so timely and we would be in the middle of so much of where we need to align our thinking and our hearts. It's, uh, this is, it's incredible, as we all know, the amount of celebration and the amount of mourning that's going on at the same time in our country. I'm used to that this time of year. It's called the Georgia-Florida game, <laughs> where somebody's celebrating and somebody is mourning. But this is going to a completely different level, where it seems like so many Americans, although it's, it's, it's quite evenly divided about at least, you know, wh which party people seem to align to. And as John said, that we somehow think that is really going to, to solve things, you know, for us. And then for us, in, uh, you know, here in Georgia, I mean, this is something we need to, to, uh, to be able to think about. Uh, we are going to be the center for the next couple of months of an unfathomable amount of money, quotes of a 
newspaper article, not mine, aimed at Georgia to try to get our thoughts and mind and attention. It's called the senatorial race. And it's going to be coming fast and furious. And John, you think you got 28? You know, you're probably going to get double, you know, over the last month. Because this is where things are. Because this is where people's hearts and their hope is so much of the time. Now, I'm not going to talk about this that much. We can talk about it, you know, some more on, you know, on Wednesday. But uh, there uh, there are going to be forces that will try to divide our state, our country, and even our own lives. We know who's in charge of that. It's no party. It's the dark side. It's the spiritual forces of evil that always are trying to to cause division and to cause distress and over-anxiety or over-exultation about something that ultimately is not going to change things, you know, as as much as we might hope. I I, I just want to reaffirm from my perspective, and I think from, you know, pretty much, you you know, all of you, that the answer to the darkness, strife, anxiety, social, mental, and emotional issues in our country, the, the, the answer is not the election results. It's not new Supreme Court justices. It's not breakthrough technology. It's not economic reform. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the answer to solve what we really have going on in our lives, in our country. Yes, if you have an opinion and you have about who you think would best represent you, please, by all means, vote, but also be Christians, okay, and have all the right spirit about this. We, we, we should care. We should pray about whether it's the election of all of these things. You know, I think, but apparently, you know, there's no sweeping mandate that says the whole country is going in one direction. It's very divided. We're all aware of this. They're very good people and sincere hearts on both sides of these questions, and there's some people not so sincere and with such good hearts. I just want to share my thought and my perspective before I move on. America is just as confused, lost, and worldly as it was a year ago, as it was five years ago, as it was 10 years ago, probably as much as the day that you were, were baptized. And, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm willing to be convinced if all of a sudden uh, uh, the, our president and, and, and Congress decide they're going to pass some laws that say, hey, instead of paying your taxes, if you want to give to your local church or do a nonprofit, do that and you don't have to pay your taxes. I, I'm ready to be convinced. <laughs> Kelly and I will double our contribution and season of giving overnight if that's, you know, if that's the case. But, you know, we'll wait and see, okay? But our confidence, our trust has got to be in Jesus Christ, has got to be in his kingdom, and the focus, our eyes truly have got to be zeroed in on, uh, you you know, on heaven. I, uh, you know, here's this this book, The Treasure Principle, we've been looking at. I'm I'm taking some of my thoughts from chapter 3 and chapter 4, and one of the the key treasure principles, you know, one of the keys of uh, of this mindset is heaven, not earth, is my home. Now, there are many passages that, you know, that talk about this. You know, Philippians 3, our citizenship is in heaven. It seems like a lot of people have forgotten that basic concept through some of this process. We're aliens and we're exiles. And these are, you know, it's got to be perspective. What is my real home? Where is my real focus? Colossians 3, you know, 1 through 4 that I quoted, you know, earlier. And, uh, you know, how am I going to order my thinking along this line? Another passage I want you to be able to look at. And this is really important. A sermon is not going to change your life. It might change part of your day, could help in your week. It's not going to change anybody's life. 
Okay, well, anybody's a strong term. But you're going to have to zero in and study and read and pray and reflect and have meaningful conversations with each other. But let's look at the Scripture, you know, on this. Where in the book of Hebrews, it talks about all these great men and women of faith that we aspire to model and be like. And it tells us these people were all living by faith when they died. They didn't get the things that were promised, but they admitted they were strangers and they were foreigners on this earth. If they'd been thinking of the country where they left, they they would have had an opportunity to return instead. They were longing for a better country, are we? A heavenly one. Therefore, God's not ashamed to be called their God as he's prepared a, a city for them. Our citizenship is in heaven. Could I get an amen here in the auditorium and wherever you may be focusing on the scripture? That's where our true citizenship, our true allegiance and loyalty you know, is. Um, I remember this, this is back in, the, uh, back in the 80s. There were some vociferous uh, campaigns back at that time, you know, too. And um, uh, Kelly and I uh, were, uh, were, were in the San Francisco area, and we were in, in the ministry there. And uh, we had, and our Kingdom Kids, this is a true, true story. Our Kingdom Kids, we know how basic it is to teach our children about eternity, Right? about heaven and hell, about, about that there are consequences that go beyond this life and, and, and that impact our lives so much here. And so it was a Sunday school class. I think it was five-year-olds. And uh, our Canaan kids teacher was teaching about heaven, and they were going and, and, and trying to get them to understand, you know, you know, that whole process and what really qualifies you for that. And she, she'd done a good job, and she had the class there, and she was asking some questions, a quiz, and said, okay, okay, kids, uh, how, do you get, how do you get to heaven? Okay, uh, let me ask you a question. If you gave all your toys away and if you were really nice to everybody, would that get you to heaven? And she was really happy. All the kids go, no, 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 no. Okay, and then she said, okay, how about if you cleaned up your room every day and were obedient to your parents? And she went through these questions and, and would that get you to heaven? And all the kids said, no, no, no. And, then she, and so she went for the punchline. So, you know, what do you have to do to get to heaven? And one little boy put his hand up and said, you got to be dead. (laughs) True story. You got to be dead. Wow. I mean, think about this. Here's here's what this this book, and this this is so important, uh, principle. I should live not for the dot, but for the line. Our life here on earth is a dot. But there is a line that goes on, the Scripture says, to eternity. Right now we're living on the dot. But what are we living for? I love this, you know, this famous quote. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to get what he cannot lose. But our life on this earth, it's on this dot, and we get very preoccupied with this kind of thing. You see, the person who lives on the dot, or for the dot, rather, lives for treasure, all right, but it's treasures on earth that end up in landfills. This earth and my time here is a dot, but there is a line. Are you in touch with that today? There is a line. How in touch with you are that I think as we consider, you know, this and think about it, this is clearly where a profound connection between eternity and stewardship takes, takes place. Giving what we cannot 
keep to gain what we cannot lose. It's precisely what you and I are doing every time we give our weekly contribution or the season of giving or the beautiful nonprofit like, you know, Hope Worldwide or the Swamp or the Benevolence or friends that we know that are in need. We part with a little treasure on this earth, you know, so we can receive or we will receive treasure in heaven. But what exactly does that mean? Did, did, did you know that God grants eternal rewards in heaven? I'm serious. You look through the scriptures, it's for, for persevering under persecution, for doing good works, for showing compassion to those in need, several other things, you know, really. Do you remember what Jesus said? He, just, he said, if you want to be perfect, go sell your positions, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. What does that mean? I'm going to have treasure in heaven. What was he really, what was he really getting at? I, I wonder if we really believe that a lot or, or a little. Is it a biblical concept? Absolutely. Paul himself talked in Philippians chapter 3 and talking about they were so generous in helping support him when other churches weren't. He said, I don't desire your gifts, but I desire what is to be credited to your account. Do you and I, have you ever considered we have an account actually in heaven? There are treasures in heaven. Well, Tom, isn't it wrong to be motivated by a reward? Not necessarily, or, or if, you know, if it was wrong, Jesus wouldn't have said it. Now, doing things for a reward is not the highest motivation, and actually it puts you in jeopardy of short-circuiting the process altogether if what you're doing good to be, you know, rewarded. However, Jesus said not even a, a cup of water that's given in the name of someone because they're a disciple will lose its reward. We know these scriptures. This is just what it says. And where the focus really is on two very important areas, giving to the poor and giving to Jesus' church and God's kingdom. Do you remember this story? Jesus says, hey, hey, when you give a banquet and you, and you, you host a party, don't just invite your buddies and your friends. Now, it's fine to do that, and it's great to have friends, and it's great to have family and have them over for dinner. But the point is, when you do these things, make sure you're also inviting the people that are poor, the people that are needy, the people that are hurting emotionally, mentally, spiritually, economically. You know, although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection. That's what the scripture says. And there's a heart for the poor. I'm glad Dave Malutnock's going to be able to come and talk about Hope Worldwide and some of the exciting things that are going on, the International Day of Giving. I'm proud, and I've gotten several texts from you that say the same thing. I'm proud that North River supports Hope Worldwide and the Swamp and all these good it, it, mission efforts and Center for Family Resources and Must Reads, all those things that come out of our contributions and our season of giving. That's the right thing. And I, I had this breakfast with Dave, and Dave said, Tom, I don't hear you talking enough over the last 10 years about the poor. I said, ooh, i got to do better better on that then. And I appreciated that. And, uh, you know, I'm working on that in my own, in my own heart. There's also a focus on giving to, to support Jesus's church. Now, this is, this is what an evangelist, Jeff, you know, you and I, this, this is aimed at us, right to us. It says, command those who are rich in this present world, and you know, kind of that includes pretty much all of America and certainly most of our lives comparatively. Uh, don't put your hope in wealth which is so uncertain, but put your hope in God who richly provides us with everything you know, that we, you, know, you know that we need. It's such a beautiful concept, and he says, command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds. Be generous, willing to share. In this way, they will store up themselves. Treasure. For themselves. Now, this 
earth necessarily, but for the foundation of the life, the coming age that is to come. You can't, you can't really live, live life. I'm going to just talk to some of my peers and younger. You can't really live life into your 40s and your 50s and your 60s without have experienced a lot of dysfunction and disappointment in your country, in your church, in your health, even in your own family. But we cannot allow these things to consciously or subconsciously call up, cause us to pull back or shrink back from our commitment to Jesus as Lord. We can't fade in the last second half or last quarter of our lives. And really continue on. And I'm just talking to people, maybe, you know, the 40s and over, but we'll take care of the rest of the group, you know, at some other point. You know, our gratitude and our thankfulness is a guiding principle of our faith in life. I, uh, I got three texts today. Well, I got several this morning. One of the texts was incredibly profane. Somebody had apparently hacked into one of our family's um, you know, accounts, and it was profane. Had a little thing to try to get you to open it, something about the election results. And then, and then I got another text from a brother that was very concerned because he, 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 there was a fairly new Christian he, he loved very much, but the, 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 the Christian, he, he was so concerned, he had so much angst, and he was distraught about what was going on in our country and the results of the election. He was very, very, you know, and... Uh, um, and, and, and then I got a third text. And it was from one of our longtime members. And, and it, 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 was, uh, it said, I'm so thankful for my husband and for North River. I've been reading the Treasure Principle. And, and she sent me this song. Thank you for giving to the Lord. Because the thought, the very real thought and truth, when we give, to serve the poor, the needy, to support Jesus' church, we're giving to the Lord. You were there with me. We walked along the streets of gold beside the crystal sea. I heard the angels singing. Someone called your name. Turned and saw this young man, and he was smiling as he came. One by one they came, as far as the eye could see. Each life somehow touched by your generosity. Little things that you had done, sacrifices made. Unheard on earth, now in heaven proclaim. And I know up in heaven, you're not supposed to cry. But I am almost sure there were tears in your eyes. As Jesus took your hand and you stood before the Lord, he said, my child, look around you. Great is your reward. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life 
that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am so glad you gave. And I'd like to thank that sister for that text this morning. I needed that uh, this morning. And I also need, and I think uh, you may also, what we're going to see next uh, that I think will incorporate so much of what we're trying to share and how, how to get our minds centered through all the things we've been talking about over the last several weeks and months. Let's, uh, let's cue this video and, and hear from some, two great sisters, uh, Jamie Mullison, Hi. Michelle Dodd. I'm Jamie Mullis. And I'm Michelle Dodd. And thank you, Tom, so much for letting us share a little piece of our life story with everyone. We have a sweet story to share about keeping our eyes on eternity. And uh, our story begins back in 1997 when I ran into an old Wheeler High School friend. He invited me to come to church. I said yes and uh, received the gift of not only the Holy Spirit, but all of... Um, all of the teachings of Jesus, it was the first time I'd ever got to experience that. And so I really learned um, about Jesus and, and the kingdom, and I was so grateful. So six weeks later, I was baptized. Then a few weeks after that, I got a call from another friend who um, asked me to uh, um, give one of his friends a call because he saw the changes that I'd made in my life. And he liked the new me and wanted me to share what all I had learned with this friend and her name was Jamie. And so I placed that call to her and. Yeah, so I think that was like a three hour conversation the first night, we <laughs> hit it off right away. Yeah. And um, you know, that was, uh, that was definitely a, a, I mean, to say that it was a life changing time, it really was. I mean, she befriended me and we would ride to church together. She shared her life and she gave me the gift, not only of friendship, but also of being able to study the Bible and to, have a relationship with God and to know Jesus. And you know, in March of that following year, I got baptized. Yeah. And um, so shortly there after that, you know, we would get together with different Bible, Bible talks and small groups. And I say shortly there, but it was about 10 years later, we found ourselves in a Bible talk with uh, Marty and Nino Chapetta. And I think it was Nino that had asked us to get into a, a group of two or three so that we could, uh, we could pray about some things. And we uh, had talked about what our impossible prayers were, things that we really wanted to see happen but didn't know how they could happen. And so we, all three of us agreed that you know, our moms were our best friends and we wanted to see them have the same life that we did and to come to know Jesus and come to know the Bible and, and become disciples. And so at that point, we started praying for each of our moms. So that's Priscilla and Kay and Joanne. Yeah. And, um, you know, those things don't happen. Sometimes they just don't happen in our timeline. And, you know, it was a couple years later, I was in another, um, another small group setting and was encouraged to do this, uh, this, prayer challenge of, you know, reading, reading out about Nehemiah and what it, what wall had been torn down or what wall you wanted to see rebuilt mm -hmm. and um, to have the faith to follow through on those prayers. And I was almost afraid to say it because I didn't want it to not happen. 
And, um, but I went ahead and said it, I was like, it's my mom. It's like, I want her to have the relationship with Jesus. And so, um, I started praying, started praying for her to have best friends in the church. And, um, you know, that December I asked her, this was in 2010 in December, I asked her kind of as a Christmas thing, would you come out to church for a month of Sundays? And it just so happened that there were five Sundays in that month. And so she came out and um, she, Kelly Brown invited her to the women's Bible studies. So she started coming to that. She was really hesitant at first because she was afraid that she wouldn't know anybody and walked in. Turns out she knew most everybody there. <laughs> and so they sat down and started studying the Bible with her. And it was, uh, it was her birthday in May where she told me, hey, I'm going to get baptized. Yeah. And so that was uh, just a few days after that, that she was baptized at, at, uh, at 71. Yeah, at age 71. And so um, Kay knew that, you know, everything needed to be focused on eternity and sharing what she knew with other people. And she came up to me at church one day and right after she got baptized and she said, okay, my first mission as a disciple is to go make another disciple. And I'm going to go ask your mom to come to the Tuesday morning Bible studies, my mom. And I'm like, okay, go for it. That sounds great. And sure enough, she did. And my mom started coming out to the Tuesday morning Bible studies. And my mom made Jesus Lord of her life on December 21st of that year. And my mom also was 71 years old. And so after that, um, my mom uh, just was really wanting to give that gift that she had been given. And so she saw uh, Marty's mom, Joanne, and unbeknownst to her, we'd been praying these prayers. Um, but she wanted to get together with Joanne and have a good heart to heart conversation. And so she had set up a, a time of to have lunch with her. Mm -hmm. And then um, unexpectedly in March of 2013, um, our precious Kay um, um, passed away. And so unfortunately they never got to have that specific meeting, but, um, but Joanne still, uh, decided. Hi. Wanting to give that gift that she had been given. And so she saw, uh, Marty's mom, Joanne, and unbeknownst to her, we'd been praying these prayers um, but she wanted to get together with Joanne and have a good heart-to-heart -heart conversation and so she had set up a, a time of to have lunch with her mm -hmm. and then um, unexpectedly in March of 2013 um, our precious Kay um, um, passed away and so unfortunately they never got to have that specific meeting but um, but Joanne still uh, decided, you know, that she needed to go ahead and come to the Tuesday morning Bible studies and, and uh, see what that was all about. And so she did. And as it turned out, she studied the Bible and she was baptized on August 4th of 2013. At she was 74. 74 years old. <laughs> and so at this point, all three of our moms are baptized. It's just amazing. And um, so in 2018, in January, my mom passed away from uh, lung cancer. And, um, but what we know is that Kay and my mom, Priscilla, are in heaven. 
and uh, and we are very grateful for that. So we also know that they've been given a gift that can't be taken away. And because of that, um, we also fix our eyes on that eternity. And we know that we can live for Jesus even right now. Right. And um, so that's that's the eternal gift that we've been we've been given. And yeah. So thank you, uh, Jamie. Thank you for Michelle, uh, for Jamie in a special way. Um, uh, for lo- those of us that have known uh, both these sisters, and especially uh, Jamie over the last many years, we know that uh, Jamie's experienced in her young life so much more tragedy and loss than, uh, than anyone would ever have to expect. And yet, um, even though she can only look at, uh, only see people she loves right now, some of them, in photos or in video, uh, because her eyes are on heaven, she's looking forward to a great reunion. And I can tell you, as I get older and more and more people that I love and respect and care about go on to eternity, you know, I get more excited about heaven. And I just hope that for me and all of us, it can truly translate into our everyday life and the way we think and what we choose to focus on. Eyes on eternity. Never forget what our Lord promised. No eye has seen, no ear heard, or the mind of man even conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. You can only imagine. We're going to take communion now. Please go ahead and uh, if you're out of the auditorium and, and go ahead and get your uh, communion ready. Um, I'm going to say a prayer for us now. Our Father in heaven, and Jesus Thank you so much for opening the gates of heaven. We're unworthy, but we're grateful. And we honor this morning this sacrifice with our presence here in your church, Jesus' body, or online, wherever we are. We honor you and remember you now with this bread and juice this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.